Hi, everyone. My name is David Hunter Jr., the host of Post in Black, where we celebrate black excellence behind the lens. We are so appreciative of all the support and the love that you've given to us. And without you, our audience would not keep growing like it has every single week. We just ask that you like, subscribe, and share this episode with your networks. Let people know why you like Post in Black. Write a review for us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. We are so thankful and we can't wait to bring you more amazing content with these awesome guests. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Post in Black, where we celebrate black excellence behind the lens. Today, we have a very, very, very special episode. We are in person here in Los Angeles at Dr. Self Tape with my guys, and we have a very special guest with us, Dominique Uyoa. Oh, the chair, the founder of Ujima Entertainment Coalition and an editor. How are yeah. you doing, Dom? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is a pleasure. It's yes. a pleasure yes. to have you. Yes. You know, Thank we you. we are excited. We know we we know you. We know the work that you do. And just I appreciate you taking time out to be with us. So on the video and for the audio for those of us listening. Most definitely. Now, we always start posting black with an icebreaker. So can we start off with that with you? Yes. All right. If you had only one show to watch for the rest of your life, what show would that be? You know, One show yes. for the rest of my life? Just one show. To watch, that I could just watch over and over again. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. There's a couple. Okay. But, you know, and I and I just recently had this conversation this weekend with a group of um, black, uh, black editors, black female editors. Mm-hmm. Shout out to sisters who edit. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> shout out, shout out. Um, I really love this show from Japan, and it's mm. called Old Enough. Old Enough. And okay. where they send, t- they send toddlers on... Um, just chores and like things to do. Like they yeah. send them through the neighborhood. Oh wow! <laughs> and they're like three and four years old, and really? it just shows like a toddler, like what they would do if you told them to go to the store. And it, it, it just, the difference in Japanese and American culture is is striking. As yeah. they, you know, they teach their children that strangers are helpful. Yeah. Strangers are not a danger. They're here to. We're a community. Mm-hmm. You know, you different. could go ask somebody <laughs> to come and like. The whole community would come out in these little like ancient Japanese villages and help the toddlers go along and you know, they might go off and run and play with their dog for like forty yeah. minutes and forget like what they were supposed to do. It's just really cute. But like I work I I work on so much chaos all the time. Uh, I see, I see. I like just nice Simple, peaceful, yeah, peaceful. Th- things that are good for my subconscious, good for my spirit. Yeah. Feel good, nice, light, happy stuff. I'm not mad at it. Old enough. <laughs> I mean, I, I used to work with children. I used to be an elementary school teacher, first mm-hmm. and second grade. Mm-hmm. And so that, that you talking about three and four year olds. <laughs> I mean, children, they're special. They are special. And, and they really just like, there's something different in the uniqueness, the pureness to it. So I'm smiling thinking about this show that so you're talking cute. about. It's the yeah. cutest. Yeah, you guys go check out Old Enough. Old Enough. On we're, Nef- we're, are we on Netflix? On Netflix. Old okay, Enough. so it's binge worthy too. Yeah, okay. so that's what in, in the episodes are only like 10 minutes long. Oh, see. So you just like getting oh, through them right. like that. Oh, no, you done put me on or something. See, that's genius. That's right, genius. Right, right. Well, that's, well, that's cool. Now, I would ask you this. I don't know, personal, do you have children of your own Yes, as well? I okay. have two children. I okay. have a, 
Well, I don't know if I can call them children anymore. I have a 22-year-old yeah. who is a senior at Cal State LA. Okay. And I have an 18-year-old daughter who just started as a freshman at Hampton University. Oh, come on. You got to say that school again. Hampton University. Hampton University. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Go real. Pirates. Go Pirates. Y'all heard it right there from Don. When Don puts the stamp of approval on, it's Hampton. Y'all already know what it is. Uh, we, we love to see it. We love to hear it. And mm-hmm. just congrats to them because, you know, college and first, whether, whether you're going to JC, anything that's a big that's a big achievement so yeah. and you got two in school so congrats two, yeah. to you mom thank you thank you yeah thank you. yeah that's yes. all right that's yes. all right well we're gonna dive in a little bit obviously while we're here posting black you know tell us a little bit about yourself you know where you're from and and how you even got started in post-production like what made you want to be an editor oh gosh this story is so long you said where do we start yeah where do we where start, do we start? This, okay. this story is so long but i like to share this story just to give like hope to mm-hmm. people who have um, uh, unconventional pathways yeah. to get to post-production and all of the hurdles that it takes. Um, yeah. uh, like I said, I have a 22-year-old and yeah. an 18-year-old. So I have my children fairly young, yeah. you know. Um, and when they were six and two, mm-hmm. I decided to quit everything and go back to school because I was tired wow. of it. Like, I... You know, I had my son in my junior year of college, yeah. and um, I stopped going to school for like six years. And by that time, I had two kids, and I pulled up to my job. I was a property manager, and I just hated it. I yeah. hated it. So um, what happened? <laughs> and I was married at the time. Yeah. Um, I was married to my kid's father, and I pulled up to my job, and, you know, no disrespect, but I was just like, you know, I'm quitting you. I'm quitting <laughs> you. I'm taking my kids. I'm moving with my auntie. I'm going back to school full time. Right. So right. Hey, it, it's like that sometimes. Sometimes as a woman, you yeah. have to make those decisions. Be intentional. You got to go. Yeah. yeah. So um, two years later, like I, I I got my degree. But like while I was at the program at Cal State LA, mm-hmm. um, I was majoring in radio, film, and television. And like I started off, I really wanted to be in development. Like I okay. thought that that was going to yeah. be my pathway. Like yeah. I, I want to be an executive and I want to wear a suit and I want to yeah. be on the lot. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Shout that's out not, to all the de- development executives. Right. I'm not going to say that's not a bad job. But <laughs> it's yeah, not a bad job, But right? I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but um, the pathway to that is, um, you know, oftentimes you start off as a receptionist or you start off an assistant. Yeah. And I had just got finished making $500 a week. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't take on that for another five years right. after I did all these hoops, you know, to graduate from college. Right. I had to make some money. So... Um, I was just, you know, at Cal State LA, and I just decided to take an editing class um, just to help my friends with their projects. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, when you we're doing student projects and stuff, you know, I could just be more helpful, yeah. this and this and that. So I made an experimental video. Okay. Um, and it ended up winning Best Experimental Editing at the Rise Up Film Festival at Cal State LA. Wow. And I also won Best Documentary. Wow. So, um I had all this stuff and I like I didn't really still didn't know what to do with it and I just got a job in my senior year at Cal State LA um, working for the paparazzi. Oh and really? So this is 2008. This yeah. is like when Britney Spears is shaving her head <laughs> and like all this stuff and yeah. you know we're getting the shots and like I'm doing all this paparazzi stuff, but then um, you know it was it was a way for me to make some kind of edit money mm-hmm. you know it, it was you know 25 dollars an hour was yeah. 
you you're doing good. It's not bad. You're doing good. I was like, okay, I'm doing making a thousand a week. Like, don't you know? Mm -hmm. We 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 you know, I'm my my life is getting better already. Yeah. So I, you know, flounder around a little bit um, in the industry, like going back and forth, not knowing if I wanted to, you know, be in post. Mm -hmm. I was really kind of discouraged because I didn't, I really didn't feel like I could compete. Mm. You know, there's why why do you feel like that? Because it's just such a technical white yeah. male dominated industry. I mm -hmm. was like, I'm not as good as you guys. I don't know. Da, mm -hmm. da, 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 da. But I had the creativity. Right. Um, so I, you know, was going back and forth and, you know, still didn't know what I wanted to do. And um what ended up happening is that I got hired as a temp at the Oprah Winfrey Network. Wow. Yes. How was, and, how, what was that like? Oh, my God. Okay. So this is during the launch of the Open Winfrey Network. Okay. In and people beginning. ask me, can you work under pressure? I'm like, <laughs> have you ever worked for the launch for Oprah? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're right. That, you want to you know what pressure <laughs> Shout is? Shout out Ari Lennox. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so... I got hired as a temp at the Open Winfrey Network, um, and I got hired along with like fifty other temps. Oh, so wow. it was like okay. you know, we, yeah. like I'm like okay, but they messed up because they let me through the front door, <laughs> and I had been trying like I really like speak you know speaking about manifestation. I mm -hmm. had, you know, even when, like when my when I was pregnant with my son and yeah. Oprah came out with oxygen. Mm -hmm. Like 99, 2000. Yeah. I was like, oh, that would be a good place for me to work. Like, that would be, do something like that. Wow. And then um, a couple months before I got hired as a temp, I had got an email, HR email yeah. from um, the uh, from somebody. Mm -hmm. And the HR, uh, the HR lady, shout out to Talia, um, like her, her name sounded black. Yeah. So I just like <laughs> sending her hella emails like, you know, here's my resume and I'm just da 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 da. No response, but it's all good. Um, <laughs> shout also, out to Talia. <laughs> to Talia. And also shout out to Angie Dugan, who uh, was the receptionist there. Oh, come on now. You know, like, Angie yes, Dugan. Yes. Dugan that, is my girl. Yes. And oh, so yeah, Angie, Angie was the receptionist there. I and remember. I, I, I went up there and I gave my resume to Angie and I'm like, sis, like, That's I'm crazy. trying to like get in. Of course, at least to nothing. But lo and behold, mm -hmm. I got hired as a temp. Wow. So I was like, okay, God, I'm going to get this. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, they let me walk through the front door. So y'all messed up. Right. So by the first week of being a temp there, I was in charge of all the temps. Wow. And so. She had a, like a leadership, you know. Yeah. I just you know, always, but I was focused. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I was focused. Like no one was going to work harder than me. No one was going to come earlier than me. Right. I was offering suggestions. I was trying to solve problems. Like I was really trying to. Go for it, right. and sure enough, they hired they. Um, I was in charge of all the temps, and then from there they hired me to go into development, and then from there they hired me as an assistant editor on one of their behind the scenes shows because I had editing skills. Yeah. So they're like, "Oh, we need an AE for our behind the scenes show," and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, you know, like this is my chance." And so, um, you know, one day. I'm looking and I, you know, I still don't know what I want to do. Like, I'm still thinking like, dang, do I want to go in development? Like, mm -hmm. you know, all this other stuff. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then one day I saw the budget. <laughs> and then the editor that I was working for was making $700 a day. Come on now. And I was like, from now on, y'all call me editor. That's my name. From, <laughs> from now, now on, on, I'm an editor. See. I don't, don't, don't. I'm not known as nothing else. I'm an editor. Call me editor. That's my profession. This is what I do. 
And um, I got hired. I was hired as staff as employee number two of post-production operations at the Oprah Winfrey Network. Wow. And that's how I started my career. Come on now. <laughs> you looked at the budget. And that's that's key. And I think that's something that that that's speaking to a lot of people, people trying to get in the industry or people working. Sometimes, you know, we we don't we don't move up or we don't move forward because of a lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So when you had exposure to what you were able to see, you're like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. there's that's what's going on in this room. Right. Okay, you know, and right. my brother, I think that's one of the things he talks about, people not having exposure to it. You just don't know there's a possibility mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. So so being a temp, Oprah Winfrey Network. Making those making those connections and moves that first job there that was the springboard to mm-hmm. a few few different channels. What what kind of took you next? And oh what, well, from there I you know I stayed with um, network television. I went okay. over to the Africa Channel. Gotcha. And was in network operations and being an assistant editor there. And I, the guys that I worked with there and the girls that I worked with there like we're still friends to this day. Mm, it was just, it was it was a an all black environment, which I had never been in before. So yeah. we became like really good friends. Those are my friends to this day. And then from there, um went into really freelance A Inc. I see. Yeah. And I and I guess I have a question too, just mm-hmm. about what what skill do you feel like allows you to be because it's one thing to say, Oh, I want to be an editor, I want to be there. But if you had an interest, you're like, oh I could do this and get it. But what like characteristic or skill, innate skill that you feel like you already had in you to kind of see projects to want, you know, to make yourself a good editor. Because one thing to want to do it, but you were getting hired. That means you yeah. had skill to do it. Well, here's the thing you about know. editors. Yeah. Editors are writers, but mm. we just write with pictures. Come on now. So if you, like, we're storytellers just like anyone else. Yeah. I can write really well. I just don't have the patience to sit down at no <laughs> computer and, like, yeah. for six hours and write. I don't have that type of focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know what good stories are. I know it, I know what captures my attention. Mm-hmm. And I think like if you have like the penchant to tell a story yeah. and you know a little bit of marketing, you know a little bit of razzle dazzle. Yeah. Um that's those are the things that make editors. It's and it's also rhythm. Yeah. It's it is. rhythm. You have and I think black people make amazing editors just because we are we come from a culture that's musical mm-hmm. and you know and rhythmic. And we 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 can certain things like you know you're trying to cut on the edit and cut on this yeah. and this and this and this and that like you know it's good to to have a musicality when yeah. you're doing that and so um, those are this those are the kind of skill sets but I think more than anything you have to be a storyteller yeah. and I think like a lot of times people can do things really good technically yeah but not necessarily know how to make the story sing. I see. I see. I I love how you put that. Editors are writers. Editors I mean, that's writers. that's beautiful. But you write with pictures, and I, I think as as I've matured and grown because I didn't come into the the industry as as a you know in post, but I've I've noticed things mm-hmm. over the years, and now I have an eye. I'm like, no, that's not it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You, you can identify it quickly, and I'm mm-hmm. like, man, who cut this? Right. Or who did this? Or who put it together? Mm-hmm. Because it's not flowing, or it's not messed together, or there's something that's missing, and it's just like you said. I think that rhythm. And you know, God is good. He done blessed, right. blessed, blessed us with these genes yes. to be able to move like yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, uh, so so obviously, Oprah Winfrey Network was was the starting ground. That's that's a high starting ground. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, yeah. the relationships maybe that come from having that first gig. Oh my gosh. How did that work into your freelance life? You know, well, as as you got other opportunities possibly, or talk about the difficulty maybe. 
freelance transitioning to freelance was rough. Okay, like that's always a and it's always a scary proposition, Cause especially if you got kids. Yeah, you know, and When's I that think next job coming from. Yeah, exactly, and I think I steered towards network work for the stability. Like I wanted a staff job, you know, like I, I didn't want to freelance and I was kind of forced to mm. do it because, you know, networks have layoffs. Yes, they Open do. Open Winfrey Network, they let 30% of their staff after the first year. Wow. I was part of that. Wow. So it's like, you know, you kind of have to get yourself out there and like kind of take the leap. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. I'm not even going to lie. Like, it's hard. You mm -hmm. may need a second job. You may need a, you know, a grind. Yeah. Um, but you just wanted to, I say, even with that, you know, coming from the actor standpoint, people are like, I don't know how you do it and face the rejection all the time. But it's a similar thing when you're doing it from your standpoint. Oh, and then you speak to like being a woman, a black woman, and you have leadership capability, like you're, you're strong and all that. But still, you walk into that room and there's nobody that looks like you. You talk mm -hmm. about how that kind of attacks the the psyche and the, and the mental and all those things. Like even with having the skill set, even with having the backing of Oprah, you like know, how, does, it, how is that? I had to um, make my own lane. Yeah. Because it was clear that not only were people not trying to help me, not only did uh, the assumption was I didn't know what I was doing. First of all, picture it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I'm going into the industry. I'm 30 years old. Mm -hmm. I have two children. I'm a single mother and I'm working with nothing but young white men. Mm. They don't think I know shit. Right. They think I'm in some kind of welfare to work program or something. Yeah. How'd like, you get here? Who who recommended yeah, you? Yeah, like be here? and they just automatically just, you know, didn't wouldn't take my suggestions, wouldn't listen to me. And even to the point would sabotage me. Like Man. I came in and and people who work with me know and vouch for this story and they know it's a hundred percent true. Um there was instances where I would come into my edit bay and and my co-work, my white co-worker had gone through my emails while oh. I'm at lunch. Um, there's instances where we'll be in meetings and that same co-worker would be standing outside the door talking about what, what were they talking about? What were they saying? And um, instances where like I had my awards from Cal State LA. Yeah. Those awards ripped off the wall and thrown on the floor. It's crazy. Um, taking like I had a, like a little um, clock that someone gave me from a show and take that clock and throw it behind the thing. Like I was being, my, my editor was being vandalized. That's crazy. You know, I'm taking Krav Maga right now. You know, I, can, I, quickly, I got some, I got some chokes from behind was, moves that we was, need to implement. No, you know? It was crazy. It's and crazy. Then I've had, and then I would go tell the general manager who was black. I would like to say that on record. And he didn't do a damn thing about it. That's crazy. And it was, a, it was a, it, it was one of those like, Oh, you know, such and such crazy. He's not going to do anything. You know, oh. And it happened. I remember it happened right when um, the shooting. The Sandy, not Sandy Park. No, um, Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook. Yeah, okay. Right about yeah. that same time. And yeah. I called another EP and I was like, look, I'm really scared of this guy. I don't know what he's capable of. He's vandalizing my edit bay. Man. He's acting crazy. You guys won't do anything about it. Like, what do I do? And in hindsight, I could have sued. Yeah. Like, I just didn't. I was just so happy to have a job. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to rock the boat because I had kids. Yeah. Um, and it took me a long time to find employment after Oprah Winfrey Network. So I especially didn't want to mess anything up. Right, right. 
Um, but like it was those type of instances that really like I faced and even at the Open Winfrey Network, you know, there was instances where um, I would walk into a meeting and I'd be the only female mm. um, and be completely ignored, you know, because it's post. Yeah. And post in Open Winfrey Network, their post production is run by Discovery. Yeah. You know, then you know. Yeah. And the executives from Discovery, you know, they don't give a shit about Oprah. Right. You know, these white men come in here, hey, we're doing this and that, da, 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 da. I mean, wouldn't even acknowledge me in the meeting. Like those types of obstacles. So, and that's a that's a lot to to handle, you know. And I, I want to segue real quick to to ask you this question: Is there, when in these spaces, was there ever like a, a mentor or somebody that you could you look to or somebody else? Because we have the experiences of yeah. not having somebody there, I, but I, maybe having somebody like Dom. I, I can you can vent to me. You can talk to me. <laughs> and let me know what's going no, on. No, not okay. in those instances. Like. My peers mm-hmm. knew what was going on, but they were pretty powerless because we were, you know, yeah, we're, same, we're, same we're colleagues. Yeah. Um, it, it just really, it just was falling on deaf ears. And you. the people, and I will say the people who did event, advance my career mm-hmm. um, outside of my own community are um, queer men and women Yeah. who, you know, it was a queer woman who felt no knew what it felt like to be marginalized at Open Winfrey Network yeah. and to say, hey, why don't you give Dominique a chance? Mm. You know, it was a queer man who gave me my first um, uh, opportunity to edit for wow. television. Wow. Like, why don't you just give her a chance? Because they they they, they knew what they, they understood. They what it understood felt like. what, okay. what it was like to be marginalized. Yeah. And so I wouldn't say I would have like necessarily mentors. There are people who I've met along the way that I looked up to, but in that initial stages of transitioning from being an AE to an editor, yeah. I mean, it was brutal. That's a lot. It was brutal. That's a lot to handle. And I, I guess this is the part of, of the show where I want to ask, too, that, that kind of lends to what, what piece of advice would you give the people coming into the industry? Because, you know, you're from LA. Mm-hmm. A lot of people move here. I mean, I moved here. I've been mm-hmm. here a long time now. But people move here and they have this opinion of what LA yeah. is when they get here, and it's yeah. a rude awakening. Yeah, I say, I tell people, I like, don't let the sunshine and the palm trees fool no, you. No, it's it's, it's you know, it's cold world it's, out it's, here. It's, it's, it's cold. It's cold. It's, it's cold, cold world. world. But um, you know, what piece of advice do you you know have for like aspiring to get in the post industry in okay. general? Well, first surviving. thing, first thing I would say is one, don't give up. Hmm. And a piece of advice that was given to me that I tell everyone that it completely rings true is that if you get out of line, it'll never be your turn. Hmm. And so that's something that's always stayed with me. So it's like no matter what, you know, once you decide you are something, if you are a director mm-hmm. or if you are a writer or you're an actor or you're an editor or whatever, yeah. determine in your mind that's what you are. Okay. And don't accept anything less. And it's going to be bumps while you're establishing yourself that. Yeah. Everybody know me as an editor. Right. Because I defined myself even before I had all these credits. Yeah, there's no confusion. I wasn't yeah. going to take any. I was like, no, I'm not going back because this is my path forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that. And um, advice to give out. Uh, wait, I had like five things to say. Yeah, no, we got them. Um, yeah. I, I, again, um, the second one, and this is something that, you know, I had to do organically by myself, um, but find your tribe, mm. find network, I like that. find your tribe, yeah. find people like you who are going through the same things or have gone through the same things. 
excuse me. Mm-hmm. They say, um, you know, uh, mentoring and find a mentor and network and all those words are really scary, right? Yeah, those yeah. Are, that's so lame. Like I was so adverse to networking when I first started in the industry. Like these people, I don't know these people. Like, right. you know what I mean? How like, do the, I network? Yeah, what how do I like hide? Like it's so <laughs> weird. Like, you know, yeah. but it's really, you just find, you just make friends. Yeah. The best network is your friends, mm-hmm. you know, and it's and that's not about like I'm not talking about being fake. I hate when people call me and they want something and they try to small talk me first, and it's like because then you're being fake. Just come correct. Just come tell yeah. me what you need or yeah. what, and I and I can help you more directly that way. Yeah. Um. But then it's like, you know. If we engage in small talk or whatever, it's because we're genuinely friends. Yeah. It's because I like you as a person. Yeah. And I wouldn't network or help anybody that I just didn't even like. Right, right. Like, I'm not that type of person. So, yeah. like, just find, make make some friends, y'all. No, and you, you've you been super supportive of us, too. Because I, I remember even starting posting black. Like, my brother started it years ago, mm-hmm. but I, we wanted to get it back going again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, you're not in L.A. anymore. And I'm meeting all these people with that higher level, but you know I'm an actor. I don't know. I'm you know I'm doing the interviews, but I don't edit all the time. I edit my own stuff, right, but I don't. Right. I don't want them looking. It was like you were like supportive. Yo, post in the group. You know, <laughs> show, show some love. Show, share this with people. Yeah, show that. And you were yeah. always just supportive, invited to yeah. like a little little cookout or whatever. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, it just gives so much ease. Yeah. And it's like even with my my brother's mentor at the time with Terilyn, mm-hmm. with her being at the level she was. When she kind of gave the, the arm around my brother, mm-hmm. it's like everybody's like, oh, okay. And you kind of did the arm around for, for, for our for our show oh, and just showing yeah. love. And it yeah. was like, that's how it's supposed to be. Exactly. Really. You know exactly. what I mean? And I, I think that's great. And I, I think I think people, um, when they come to Hollywood, you really have to understand, like, um, you have to understand the principles. Like, I'm going to get a little metaphysical on you, but, mm-hmm. like, you know, the principle of just like manifestation and everything you want all these things mm-hmm. but when you want and you need and you you know that means you're chasing it you're yeah. pulling it away you're yeah. you know you're 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 tugging it you're not flowing mm. right and so when you're trying to network with people at, at with a goal to oh this person is at this company and I need to know them because I want a job then you're just you're a dork you're yeah. just like yeah. <laughs> You the people that don't let that yeah that's the reason why people don't like Hollywood yeah that's what it is that's the people that's the reason but, why but see I try like to tell them you can smell that coming a while you can, a mile you away can, and anybody can so yeah. I, my voice my advice is just relax yeah be yourself people some people will will jail with you some people won't mm-hmm. deal with the people who do you know find find groups find common you know things and like mm-hmm. once you make friends yeah. Your friends are your allies. Your friends are the people who are going to be successful. Yeah. They're going to take you with me, with you. You're going to do things for them. And you create, you have to create a community yeah, to do you this. Do. You, you have, do. And I think people who are stagnant in their career and they haven't really, you know, they're not as hard, high up as they want to be. It's because they don't put themselves out there. Mm. They know the same five people they went to school with. And, and it's th- not going to come to you. Yeah. You really, you know. It may, it may be uncomfortable, but you do have to extend yourself a little yes. bit. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. To that point. We're not going to keep you all day, but we got a couple more things no, I do want to no, tighten no, up I'm, with you. Now, I, now I'm loosening up. Now, now, now ask me. Now, now, I'm like, now I'm ready to share my Look, story. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you, you've worked on a, a lot of different projects, you know, and we always like to show, 
you know, part of that. But what what's like a memorable cut or something? Because obviously you worked on network documentary. What's something that's memorable that sticks out to you over the years with all the projects you worked on that you're like, oh, I really enjoyed working on this particular project. I don't know so, if an enjoyed is the right word. I got you. I got you. It was difficult, mm-hmm. but I think my crown and glory mm-hmm. is episode three of We Need to Talk About Cosby. Yeah. And the particular scene where they're looking at um uh Rudy lip sync to night and day yeah. on the i on the on the iPads mm. and just layering the different reactions that the people were having in real time knowing what they know now yeah and looking back at and at what it was and it, it when I was editing it it gave me the sense of like it was almost like a Jordan Peele moment because mm. it was like well, you're taking our childhood but then we have this other thing that's true. And how do you marry those together? And, you know, you have people who are looking at it. They're, like, smiling because it's it's television history. You know, like, yeah. they did when they did the night and day, yeah. you know, for the grandparents baby. on the Cosby show. Baby, yeah. Rudy. Yeah. That's television history, right? right? And it was a part of my childhood. You know, yeah. it, and it shaped so many other people's childhood. And to take that and flip it on his head and to kind of know, like, Multiple things can be true at the same time. Yeah, it was deep. So I think that 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 particular moment, and it was the first time, like when I showed it. Um, shout out to W. Kamau Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to all the producers and everything that were on that project, working with board, um, Boardwalk and Showtime and everything. Um, when I showed it to them, because it was really hard, because yeah. I had to layer. It was everybody's watching this scene on an iPad at the same time. It's like five different subjects, mm-hmm. and they're all commenting on the same time. So I had to manually kind of sync those together in a multicam. Yeah, but like they're shot in different scenes, and like the music is playing in the background. So I had to sync all the music playing on all the different interviews, and yeah. like they're talking over each other, which bite is the best, and this and this and that. And I put a lot of work into it, and when I presented it. You know, I was like, ta-da. And they were like, and I, they were like, what is that? I was like, it's the code open. Mm. And they were like, okay. Mm. And then I was like, like, okay, this is going to be on Showtime. I just cut, did a code open on for Showtime. Right. Like, I, on, then, on, on such a powerful project yeah, too, you know. And then like the executive producer, shout out to Katie King, um, her and Kamau were like, listen, there's, we're, we may have to cut this scene because they may not license it. They may mm. not. It's going to be too much money. I don't know. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Because you're talking about licensing the Ray Charles song yeah. and that clip. Right. You know? And so, like, I was like, oh, you know, I don't know if this is going to go. But then when it premiered in Sundance, they kept that scene. Yeah. And apparently Showtime was like, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll pay for it. So that, it it for that moment, it was kind of a definitive moment to mm-hmm. me in the documentary. Yeah. And um, it's something that really sticks out. Like, that was one of the things that really messed with my head, too. No, it's, I mean, it's a powerful project. It was, it was, it was unique and cool in a way when I saw, like, I was like, oh, Don worked on that? And it was just like, and I watched it. And then, like, as you know, with my brother and I, our family being from Philadelphia, mm-hmm. it's, it's a weird you know, it's a weird thing like Cosby, Philly, yeah. you know, Cosby shows Temple, classic yeah. Temple, you know what I mean? Like, and you're watching and you're like, Yo, I can't yeah. watch 
but I can't take my eyes off of it. And it, I think it was just, it was well done. Uh, take take that uh, project. You. It was well done. Thank and so kudos to you. Thank kudos you to much. you. I think I think I want to uh, ask you another question here. Okay. And it's about your company. You know, the, the Ujima Entertainment. Yes. You know, come on. Can we, yes. we can't we can't let you go without talking a little <laughs> bit about that. Obviously, the editing and all that. But, yes. you know, you're, you're a boss lady, boss yes. woman. Yes. Can you talk to us a little bit about your company as um, well? Well, Ujima Entertainment Coalition is a 501c3 nonprofit yeah. for black creative professionals. Um, we like to make the distinction that we're for black creative professionals. We are not people of color. We're not minorities. And nothing against that, and right. it, it it does behoove us to be unified as you know um, underrepresented groups, you know, no matter what. But in this instance, um, especially you know in post production and and you know production period, and in the, just in the world, in the world, <laughs> I was about to say I was like, in, the, in world, the world for real. Um, <laughs> black people face a you know a unique set of biases. Mm-hmm. Um, that are interwoven in American culture, period. Mm -hmm. Like if you watch television in America, you may be racist. No (laughs) fault of your own. But this is just what we've been fed. It's just these biases and these things. If you've never met a black person in in your life and you live somewhere in Iowa Mm -hmm. and you've only seen black people on TV, you're going to think we are the wildest, craziest, this, this, that, 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 that. So, you know, when (laughs) you come to production and everybody's moving to L.A., right? Right. And, you know... You've got, you know, Mark from Madison, Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. who's never interacted with black people. And he comes to Hollywood and all of a sudden, you know, you're working with them. There's all these biases that have to be overcome. Mm -hmm. And we have to we have to, uh, you know, face these in real time and have to navigate them. Um, And we're often left having to educate people. And just because. Well, let me let me break down a few things like. Shout out to my girl, Shamika. I'm going to use your name as an example. Um, If you get a resume with Shamika on it and you have a knee-jerk reaction, you may be anti-black. You know, because if you equate that person identifying black as a bad thing, then you have some some kind of internalized bias. And so we like to present that to people. Mm. And just because other people are minorities as well does not mean that they are not anti-black. And so, and and, and so, we created this safe space mm-hmm. with. We know that you know we have allies. We love our allies. We work with them. We work with anybody who wants to work with us. Yeah. But this space promotes um, black excellence mm-hmm. and really a safe space for black people to come and realize that we're all going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. I talk to executives, I talk to lawyers, I talk to VPs, I talk to on all levels, you know, the top of the top of the yeah. top of all these studios. Yeah. And the black executives are going through the same they thing. They go through it too. They go through the same thing. They're fighting for us on another level just in that in that boardroom. Yeah. But, you know, and we're going through the thing in the edit bay. Yeah. You know, so it's like on it's just there's levels to it. So we created this space. I really created it just because of everything I had been through. Mm-hmm. Actually, okay, let me let me give the or, the the real origin story. Um, this is when I was an assistant editor. No, I had just got I just got my first editing job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to an AE mixer. 
Yeah. And uh, like in Van Nuys or some or somewhere in the valley. And I go there and I'm the only black person there. Wow. And I text Shannon Baker Davis. Hey, shout out. <laughs> shout, shout out to out Shannon. Shannon. What's going on, um, Shannon? And I, and I uh, text um, Mike Young. Shout out to Michael Young. Um, and I'm just like literally like Mayday, Mayday. I'm surrounded. I need backup. <laughs> mayday, Mayday, Mayday. S-O-S. So boom. So boom. Save our sister. Hey, hey. So boom. They come down to the bar and um, they come, they, you know, they come join me or whatever. And it was like us three mm-hmm. working this crowd of like 50, wow. you know, and it's just like I made relationships there. I made contacts with people I still keep in touch with that day. But then I was like, I don't want to have to play beer pong in order to advance my <laughs> career. Okay, wow. I don't yeah. want to do that shit. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. I don't like star. I don't like Star Wars. Sorry, guys. And I don't <laughs> like beer. So that's yeah. like you know. And I don't play poker. So it's like, how do I? Connect with my colleagues. Right. I'm not being invited to happy hour. Right. When they go somewhere, they don't include me. You know, right. they like, you know, I'll walk out and I'll be like, where did everybody go? And they're gone, you know? And so um, I had to create a space for us. Yeah. And then I, at first it was just 30 people. And I was just going around Facebook and I was trying to find like all the editors I knew. Like, <laughs> on the low. hey, you guys, hey, right. hey, I started this thing. And then um, we had our first mixer and it was at the cork when the cork existed because we were going to do well, black owned. Back in the day. Back in the day. Okay. Eating catfish nuggets mm. and <laughs> drinking Hennessy. And, <laughs> but we had like 10 people come and it was great. And yeah. that's how it started. And from there, we're at 1,500 people. Come on now. So, Come and it on. started in 2016. And I will say that from this point, from, from that point to this point, everyone who is in the group, everyone is in, who is involved with them, everyone's career has changed. Mm. Everyone has elevated. Everyone's career has grown. Everybody who who are engaged with us who yeah, people who yeah, are like right. are actively engaged right. i'm not just saying just it's just cuz you're in a member yeah, yeah it ain't yeah. no magic touch right. but if people do the work and are are looking i don't know an ae that wasn't non-union that wanted to go to scripted that yeah. hasn't had that opportunity or or is working on it now mm. and so we provide opportunities for people that you may not have because we're family yeah and they people might come to us before they go to the public to say, "Hey, listen." They want to they want to get the real because you have that connection, right? And that authentic connection, and, and like you know? We, you know, and it's in people. You know, I, I, I people often talk about this. You know, like there's, um, you know, oh, you know, you know, not stealing jobs, but like, oh, you know, there's not enough jobs to go around, or like, what about you know, like this 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 white fragility. About like you're gonna take my job and this and this and that. First yeah. of all, editors are only like one percent of the union. Come on, They're, we're not called minorities for a reason. Like every black person that works in Hollywood could be employed, and there's still gonna be thousands of openings. Yeah. Just because we're just th- we're not that big of the population. Yeah, we're, we're filming this. You know, when this episode comes out, people are gonna be watching and listening a little bit later. But mm-hmm. we're filming this on the night of the Emmys, and mm-hmm. you, we all of our timelines on social media are filled with all the black people that are going to the Emmys. 
But when you watch it on the show, you're like, man, all the people, our timeline could be filled. And you still look at the Emmys, it is full of white people. It's still full. It's still, we're still it's empty. Still, yeah. It's still, it, it, like, you know, we just, we're at the end of the day, what, 13% of the population? Right. So it's still. So, less. you know, just to ask for representation is not that big of a deal. No. It is, and here's, here's the thing. Here's another thing. Um, People have no idea, no, like, okay, let's say I'm Korean, right? Yeah. And I have a Korean business association. Yeah. Nobody's going to come to them and say, hey, why don't you let other people in that group? Yeah, right. But people think that they can paternalize black people and tell our culture what to do. Yeah. And I still internalize white supremacy. Mm-hmm. That's saying, oh, you know, you did da 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 and, and try, to tell, try to tell black people what to do. Yeah. with ourselves and so i had to create a space where we could share invent what we were going through in real time because it's so it, it's 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 so mo- it's so working in hollywood is his own thing by itself right right it's his own monster by itself right right it's not like regular jobs no, it's, it's not, not. And you get paid a lot of money, but there's a lot of bullshit that come through, with you it. Go you go through, through it. Yeah. You earn that money. Yeah. And um, you know, people were independent contractors, so people can let go of you at a at the drop of a hat. Right. Um, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so much emotionally that you have to go through. You have to be so resilient. And then, you know, of course, we have to be the top. We have to we we can't, you know, our mistakes are fatal. Yeah. You know, if we make a mistake, it's no you know, let's 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 correct, let's course correct. It's no, that's oh, your they, job. They can't do the job. Yeah, they can't. They can't. Do oh, they don't. No, 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 yeah. no. We gotta get. You know, yeah, there's exactly. no talking. Right. You know. Um, and so, you know, you 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 have to deal with all that, and then I feel like just with everything that we go through as a black culture, we've gone through like just everything we've gone through and the pandemic. There's you might be dealing with all that with some mental health issues. Come on. You know, you may be dealing with all like, you know, you can't find a job for three, four, five months or whatever. You may be battling depression. Yeah. You may be discouraged. You may, you know, and then having to get on a job, be perfect, deal with mental illness, deal with anxiety, deal I with mean, all these different things. Dumb, dumb. You you <laughs> why are you hitting on so many things? We gotta bring you back. You know, one one of the things I want to say real quick before before I find out even what you're what else you're working on, and then we 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 definitely gonna have to get you back in here. But one of the things you're touching on that just mentioned there is I had to deal with I had um, somebody stay with me, a young young white man stay with me during the course of um, George Floyd, mm-hmm. and the course of doing my work, going to set, filming something, coming back, and then seeing on the news that somebody died, and he just walked in. He was like all chill, but it's not but like. I hear about everything, right? Because I'm black, right? That we just we just know, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's like we just we just know what's going on, it, and just to still have to be able to to operate still have to operate when your whole office is, is completely oblivious yeah. that someone has just been murdered, and you have to hey, what you had, getting for lunch? Right? And you're like man, they just killed somebody in Cincinnati, right? I thought they I thought we handled that. We marched last week. No, that was the other black guy. <laughs> It's like you got to deal with that. And I tell somebody when they they hopped on, it's like, oh, posting. I was like, no, there's a reason why it's called posting black. Right. You right. know what I mean? It's no, not a offense to anybody. Not black. But it's not. <laughs> you're 100%. Dom, nah, I'm serious. We, we're going to have to get you on. But can you tell us what else you're working on? What can we look on? Um, you know, where can people 
follow you, all that, you know, social media. All well, that. they can follow me. You know, you can you can add me on Facebook. I may not add you back, but like, you know, you could try. <laughs> Sound like my mom. She, she add one person a month. Right, like, mm, I'm going to vet you a little bit. But like, if you if you are interested in joining any of the groups, please Search for Ujima Entertainment yeah. Coalition on um, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. I don't have those handles right now, but it's Ujima. Oh, we're we're going to put them up there. Yes. U- yeah. uh, U-G-I-M-A. Ujima um, uh, Entertainment Coalition. And Ujima stands for uh, Collective Responsibility. Yeah. So we are our brothers and sisters keeper. I love so it. that's the the main tenet is each one teach one. We're here to help each other. We're here to, for everyone's careers to level up and just be a family and be that. You know, I make people Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, it's, a love. it's love. It's love. You know, if you can't go home, you know, like if you you're stuck in L.A. and you can't go, you can't go home. Like you can hit me up and you can have Thanksgiving with me. Y'all so we're that? we're family. You know, and so. If you want, it, it, you can definitely look up the organization on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can add me personally. I'm going to have some personal things coming up hey. that I, I may share with you. Before. Hey. When does this air? It's going to air. It's going to air in couple couple months of actually a month or two yeah. okay we'll, 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 by the we'll time by, yeah. by the time i'll give you another handle that i'm working on i'm okay. working on my uh my personal blog dom tried it okay so if you Come follow on. if you follow my personal life you know i'll be trying a lot of shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know no no pun intended but dom be trying yeah, it yeah so i love it um that's coming up i'm working on that but okay um yeah and then uh professionally I have a lot of stuff coming up. Um, I'm in talks for some uh, a feature film documentary and some others. I had a I had a meeting today with A24. Come on, which is amazing. And yeah. so, but that's you know again relationship building. Yeah, it's relationship yeah. building. So. Who knows? The next nah. big thing. You got some money. Get at me. Come on. Hey, hey. There's, a, there's a lot of nuggets. Yeah. And I, we, just, we just appreciate you, Dom. This, this is a special, special thank time. You, and just you. thank you for everything you shared. I know a lot of people are going to enjoy this episode. because so They love you. We love you. Yeah, so appreciate you. I love, it. Yeah. I love everybody right yeah. back. And that's real talk. And I, wanna, I want people to know that if you meet me in person and I don't necessarily recognize you or don't remember that we met or yeah. that we haven't met because yeah. I see you online and I think I know you in person, but actually you live in Atlanta or something like that. <laughs> right. Please forgive me. Yeah, it's all I know, love. There's so many people that please forgive me, but like I'm, I'm always accessible. I'm always approachable. Yeah. And um, um, if you have a genuine question or if you just want to take a 15 with me. um, um I, She's uh, open, open, y'all. Yeah. She's here. Yeah. Look, y'all, we, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much no for problem. tuning in to another episode of Posting Black. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media channels and make sure you click that like and subscribe button on our YouTube channel. We'll see you next time on Posting Black. Stay black, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Posting Black. Be sure to like and subscribe so you can catch up on all the episodes and get alerted when new episodes release. This episode was produced by Made For More Entertainment in partnership with Trailblazer Studios. It was executive produced by Tatiana M. Johnson, Daniel K. Hunter, and David Hunter Jr. Producers for this episode, Eric Johnson and Aurelia Belfield. Production coordinator, Tyler Mitchell. Our special guest, Dominique Uyoa. And hosted by David Hunter Jr. This episode was edited by Lyndon T. Bost.
Audio post-production provided by Trailblazer Studios and theme song Sanctuary by Charles. BTS photography provided by Jane Nice. This has been a Made For More production in partnership with Trailblazer Studios.